0: If every heart's free and clear, listen, I don't got to preach. You're probably sick and tired of me as it is. But Joel chapter 3. The title of tonight's message, if you are taking notes, is The Round Goes To. The Round Goes To. Joel chapter 3, we're going to be starting at verse 9, but let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the wonderful testimonies tonight, the good spirit we hear tonight. Uh, we feel here tonight. Father, I'm so thankful we can get that kind of spirit, that kind of zeal in an evening service. Father, that's worth it all, just to keep the doors open, to be able to praise your name, to worship you, to gather together in fellowship. Uh, Father, we just thank you for the ones that are here tonight in person, the ones that are tuning in uh, for, through Facebook. Uh, Father, we're just thankful for your sovereign plan. As we were talking before service, Father, we don't—we're so thankful you're in control because we know without a doubt we're not. And, uh, uh, and I'm glad I'm not in control because uh, I messed this thing up even worse than it already is. But Father, uh, if we just trust in you, your word says uh, that you'll direct our path, and that's what we need. Uh, just, Father, just for a little bit tonight, would you direct our path in the direction you wanted the service to go? I believe you've done that thus far in the singing and the testimonies and the devotion part of the service. Father, would you direct my path tonight as I? Preach for a little bit. Uh, I want to preach uh, with an unction of the Holy Spirit. Father, I don't want them to hear me, but I want them to hear you. I don't want them to hear about you. I want them to hear from you. And Father, I believe through your Holy Spirit you can do that tonight. You know the condition of every soul, Father. You know the need of the hour. Would you meet it tonight? We'll give you glory for it all, for all of it. Because we can't take credit for any of it. And it's in your son's presence. name we pray. in Amen. Joel chapter 3, starting at verse 9. Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles... Prepare war, wake up the mighty men, let all the men of war draw near, let them come up, beat your plowshares into swords, and your pruning hooks into spears, let the weak say, I am strong. Assemble yourselves, and come, all ye heathen, and gather yourselves together round about, thither cause thy mighty ones to come down, O Lord. Let the heathen be awakened." And come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get you down, for the press is full, the fats overflow, for their wickedness is great. And this is what I want to focus on tonight. Uh, Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Of decision, Mike said that in his testimony. He said, "I want to make better decisions this year." Uh, I, I, I'm too cheap to buy it. Uh, there was a boxing match on last night that had a lot of hype. Brian Garcia, Luke Campbell. Brian Garcia is this 22 year old. He's 22 and 0 He's good looking. He's he's lean. Man, he's got. He's just. He's the bee's knees when it comes to boxing these days. And and he's he's the talk of the town. And they call him the king. And And I've been following a little bit, but all I can do is watch the YouTube because I'm not about to pay $70 for a pay-per-view. But Luke Campbell's this 33-year-old kid. He's 22-2, and pretty close. Good little fighter as well, but he's the underdog. No one really expected him to win. And and that match started. I was watching the highlights as it was going on. I was just kind of following the feed. And uh, second round, sure enough, Campbell comes in there with a left hook. I think it was a left hook. Might have been a right hook. And knocked down Garcia. The first time he's ever been knocked down. And Garcia got up and kind of shook his bearings, took his bearings back. And sure enough, they went back and forth, and man, it was a battle. All the way to round seven. Round seven, Campbell, uh, Garcia comes in and just gets a, a, a rib shot, just a body shot, and drops him. Can't even get up and, and, and compete. And I love types of sports like that. I love boxing. But I love all sports. I'm not a sports guy, but I just like... Victory. I like victory. I like seeing, you know, I like seeing the one those undefeated guys. But there's something about that underdog. Something to say, you know. I just, I don't like those people that are on their pedestal and get knocked down. I like to see that underdog come from behind. That's why we all like victory. We, all, no one likes a loser, right? We want to see people win. We want to, and that's the thing I have to ask this question tonight because it says this in, in uh, verse 14, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. In a boxing match, if you are not knocked out by a knife, Knockout, you, the match is decided in what they call a decision, in which they rank or they score each and every round. Punches thrown, punches landed, any kind of knockdowns, any kind, of, and that's how a boxing match is decided in a decision. And I'm going to ask you tonight: Are you in a battle? You say, well, it's January 1st, what do you, January 3rd, what do you mean? Are you in a battle? It doesn't matter about what day of the week it is. I'm saying, are you going through something right now? Now, the good thing about church, here's one thing I love about church, is for just an hour, we can kind of check out, right? Now, whatever those bills are piling up on the kitchen table, whatever kind of marriage problems, whatever kind of work you have to face tomorrow, for a little bit of time, we can kind of punch the card out take a break, come to church. And, and sometimes if, we, if we're if we not careful, we'll, we'll carry that into church and, and we'll be so uh, just so wound up about what's on the outside that we won't be able to truly be present here in worship. But for a second, I just want to say, this is, the, the bell has rang and this is in between rounds. <laughs> for a second, you, you get to sit in the corner and maybe you've had your clock cleaned the last round when it comes to the devil. But I just want to say, you know, are we learning anything? If you watch anything about boxing, when they sit in that corner, they pull that little stool and they give the spit bucket and, and usually if they're kind of out of it, they'll give them that smelling salt or whatever and they'll put that grease on their eyes so they make sure the boxing gloves slide off. But the coach will say, did you see what he did? Did you see how he came in there? You got to keep your guard up. You got to go and you got to go in the attack. And, and it's a moment for just a second where you can catch your breath. <laughs> you can adapt and you can adjust and you can say to yourself, all right, Either we won that round, good job, or hey, you're you're getting your clock cleaned out there. You better do something different. And can I ask you tonight, how did that last round go? What is it for you? We see in Joel chapter 3, he says, prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. And he says, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. This is a battle. This is a fight. And this is a decision. And the good thing about this decision is the Lord is near in the valley of decision. I believe those hardest decisions we make for God. My God bless you. I know it's a hard decision to say, we're going to come to church or we're going to stay stand. Those decisions aren't easy to make. But I believe those decisions that are the hardest, when God's in them, they are the most fruitful. When the ones that are hard, should I take this job? Should I move to this city? Should I do this? Should I step out in faith? Should I teach a class? Should I give more in my tithes? Whatever it might be. When those decisions are really hard and we feel like God's in them, we know right here it says, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. But where this thing is scored round by round. Now we know we're victorious in the end. We know how this book is written. We know that we win in the end. But doesn't mean we get to be beaten. Doesn't mean we get a sag in the middle. Doesn't mean we lose the whole all of it. And then at the end, the decision—that's not the point. We're supposed to be victorious. We're supposed to be able to, through Jesus Christ, give the devil a black eye. Every round, we can be victorious like that. But let's be honest: did we win or did we lose? Are we going to do the same thing we did the last round? Or are we going to do something different? Because I don't know about you, but I get tired of the devil having victory. I get tired of getting back in my corner and saying, man, he's, he's more of a match than I can handle. Because with Jesus Christ, the devil is no match. Now, if you're going to go out there and fight spiritual battles with your hands and with your mouth and with your money, you'll get beat every time because this battle is spiritual. Then we have to fight it in a spiritual realm with Jesus Christ. Now you can say tonight, that, yeah, I'm going through a battle right now. And I'd understand that. But Let's be honest with each other. We're either winning or we're not. (laughs) And when you're in the middle of battle, you know... You're taking punches or you're doing well. And you have to ask yourself that question. Why is it, if we aren't winning, why is it we're not winning? Paul says it, and I love this chapter, I love this verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. One of my favorite, I I use it all the time. I feel like every time I write a sermon, it ends up always being in there. But there's just something about it. But he says this in verse 23 of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And this I do for the gospel's sake. Why do we fight? Because this is how the enemy, the enemy is coming after our faith. The enemy is coming after our joy. He doesn't care about anything else. He wants to, he wants to dismantle and destroy anything God has given you. He wants to, he wants to rob your testimony. He wants to rob your, your hope and your joy. He wants to ruin your marriage and your, this is, he, Paul said that, and this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all? but one receiveth the prize. Let me just say this. There's not one of you in your life. You may not be in it tonight, but praise God you're not, because tomorrow that bell might ring and you might be in the midst of a battle. But there is nobody exempt from this race. There is nobody exempt from that valley of decision. There is nobody exempt from the battlefield that is our spiritual life, every single one of us. But every man... He says, so run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a, corrupt, a corruptible clown, but crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run not so as uncertainly, so a fight not as one that beateth the air. And he said, I keep my body, bring it under subjection. As I've been following this match, I love that because they give you these little vignettes, these little movies of them in the training and, you know, they got guys, they're bringing guys in all the world sparring with them and they're punching them and they're, they're running behind the, you know, the old rocky stuff running behind the, the little bicycle and all that stuff and you just see them training. Why? Because it's important to train. Because it's getting ready. If you're not ready for the battle, you're already defeated. You might as well not even enter into the ring. Because you're done. But if we wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I've got my gloves on, which is the word of God. I've got the full armor of God on and I'm ready for the battle. And yesterday, hey, I may have taken one on the chin. I may have been knocked down a couple times, but I'm not through. And here we are today and it's a new round. Amen. And we're in the valley of the decision and God is in the valley of decision. Amen. But we must be do the same Turn with me to Acts chapter 19. we got to get in our minds and our hearts what kind of battle this is. And it's going to take everything. <laughs> we gotta, we got to grow up a little bit. Because this, this is the real deal. When it comes to real decisions in your life in 2020, if it showed anything, man, we better be ready. Because God's going to you know, and the, and the devil, and, and it's just this battle. It's just a battle. But we need to play it. How it, we need to fight this battle. As he said, the, he, what did Joel say? He said, "Get out of the get out of the garden, <laughs> get out of the field. Whatever you have is plow. Your your tools that you use are, you better beat them into weapons because no more leisure. This is the battle. And if you're weak, hey, get over it. You need to say you're strong because this is the battle, and we need to play it. And we've got to play at any cost. And this is the problem. We try to play. We try to think that the devil will fight these battles on our terms. <laughs> he won't. Yeah. Let me just say this tonight. If you've got a drinking problem, if someone's in here listening tonight or someone's in the concrete, you've got a drinking problem, there's no way you're allowed to have alcohol in the house. You say, well, wait a minute. I, I spent a $1,000 on that mini bar. I've got all this liquor and it's like, it's high dollar wine. And you better grow. I don't care if you've got to break every single bottle on the driveway just to get rid of it to win that round. If you've got an, a porn addiction and people today, I sell them, get rid of your computer. Wait a minute, I spent 600 dollars on that computer, I spent a thousand dollars on you. You're telling me to throw my computer away. I'm telling you to throw your computer away. If it's what it takes, if it's what it takes, just on the spiritual side, you say, well, I, I I need to read more, and I'm I'm just reading right before bed, and I said to fall asleep. Well, you know what? You're gonna have to eat later and read before you go to bed. These are this is the valley of decision. This is the battle. And if you got beat up last time, say, hey, it's a new round. And I'm gonna do whatever it takes. Be temperate in all things. I'm gonna beat my my plowshares in the weapons. We're gonna do whatever it takes to win this round. Because I love it. I'll be honest. There's nothing that makes me feel more liberated in Jesus Christ than when that bell rings in a battle and to say, you know what, devil? You may have won the last round, but you didn't win this one. And if you didn't win this one and I know I can take you through Jesus Christ, you ain't winning the next one. And you ain't winning the next one. And soon enough, (laughs) you'll just go to someone else. Remember Job? He said that. Have you tried my conservative, Job? And Satan said I can't mess with him. You've blessed everything of his hand. I can't I can't tell you you built such a hedge around him. Now Satan thought the hedge was in material things, but it was in the relationship with God. Because even after he stripped it all away, he still had victory. Took a little time to figure all that out. But this is the thing to say, you know what, you might as well move it along. I love being on tell devil that. You might as well move it along. You've you've came down this alley on the wrong night because you didn't pick the wrong partner to pick on. Acts chapter 19, I love this. Verse 11. And God wrought. I love that word wrought. It's a steel term. I think I mentioned that before. As steel is formed and made through the heat and through the beating. This is the battles. This is the valley of decision. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Now you say, what did it take for him to... Have those special miracles? Did he have a, a lackadaisical faith? Did he just go in and out casually? He, on on a daily basis, was in the battle. Nobody. He even called it. He called him out. He said, "You say you've been beaten. I've taken more stripes. You say you've been hungry. I've been starved. You say you have not made it to land. I've been shipwrecked three times." Over and over, he said, I, you, you've been through it, I've been through it more. And through that, he's been able to do more damage to the to the kingdom of hell than any other apostle. Why? Because he said, I'm not giving up. You can beat me, and you can beat me, and you can beat me. But I'll just keep coming back. Another one of my favorite scenes. Rocky II. Duke, Apollo's trainer. Apollo's mad. They thought it was rigged. They thought that, he, they thought that uh, he threw the fight. So he's got all his lackeys around in the office there. And everyone's saying, Apollo, whatever you want to do, we'll, we'll get the rematch, we'll get, a, we'll get, uh, we'll get Rocky out, we'll, we'll, we'll do whatever campaign you want to do. And Duke's sitting there silent. Now, Duke's his right-hand man. He's been there from the beginning. And Apollo says, why are you staying so quiet? He said, no, it's what, nothing. He said, no, I want to know. He said, do you really want to know the truth? He said, yeah. Comes up real close to him. He said, we don't need him in our life. And he said, what do you mean? He said, I've never seen a man get beat like that man got be- beat. And he just kept coming. <laughs> he said, and I love that. Oh, my hands, my hair and my arms stand up. And he said, because I want the devil to say that about me. Uh, you know, I, I put him to the test. I have beat him to the, to the bone. Man, this guy just doesn't stop. And folks, listen, I can't take credit for it. One hit from Satan and I'm done. If you knew me before I was saved, you would know that to be true. I was a loser. I was done. The decision had already been made. But when Jesus stepped into my corner, he said that we got one more round. The decision had not been decided yet. And we're going to see victory. And I'm telling you, there's no better feeling than to give the devil a black eye. So we see this. The God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. So that from his body were brought under the sick handkerchiefs or aprons. And the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preacheth. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit, once again, this is demonic right here. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are ye? (laughs) He said, There's only a couple people that have a reputation in hell. (laughs) Jesus is one of them, and Paul's the other. And now you're starting to make waves. (laughs) He said, And I want, that's what I want. And that's not easy. But, folks, listen. I don't care if you say, I don't want to fight. I don't care if you say, if you think that if you just put your hands up and say, well, I'm not going to fight these spiritual battles and maybe the devil won't keep punching, you've got another thing coming. You're just putting your guard down. It's just an easy target. He'll rip from you anything. He'll destroy and steal and kill anything he can. So if you just say, well, I'm not going to step out in faith. I'm not going to have a good testimony. I'm not going to be bold. I'm not going to make waves. That way the devil won't attack me. You've got it all wrong. You're still in the middle of that ring. You've just put your hands behind your back. You might as well say, let's put up a fight. Let's do whatever it takes to make sure we're known in hell. I, I'm thankful for that. He said, the evil spirit answered, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? Wow, I love that. And the man, verse 16, and the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, and overcame them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this was all known to the Jews and Greeks, also dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all. Look, right here, this is the point, this is why we want victory. Not so that we can take credit for it, because it's not ours to take. If you didn't learn anything from this morning, besides rolling up kids in blankets and rugs, The thing we learned this morning is we can't take credit for a thing. Our hands are tied. I'm so thankful he's fighting my battles. But it said this All of it was made known to the Jews and Greeks and dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell out on all of them, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Man, when that bell rings, when that bell rings, and the decision is decided, you know what? We're going to get our hand raised, and it's not our—it's—it's it's not ours to even have. And thankfully, we're going to be co-heirs with Christ. He's, we're going to raise our hand and say, we overcame. Through the blood of the Lamb, and the word of our testimony, and love not our life unto death. We're going to overcome, and at the last bell, they're going to say, you know what? The victory is yours. I'm so thankful that. Why? So that we can magnify the name of the Lord Jesus. And look at the result because of it. When we see victory, this is what happens. And many that believed came and confessed and chewed their deeds. Many of them also, which were used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. A shift in culture. The community changed. It had an effect. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm not a big sports guy, but man, I like that underdog. I like to see someone, just someone that's just who you didn't think was going to win. And I don't know about you, but I'm an underdog. The devil's been doing this from the beginning, and I'm no match. But for me to see victory in my life through Jesus Christ, man, it just makes me feel good. And many believed, came, and confessed, showed their deeds. And many of them also, with use curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Let's go back to that verse. Verse 14 of Job chapter 3. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. I'm going to ask Melinda, because we're going to get another song. That'd be great. Whatever you guys wanted to do. Simple question How'd that round go for you? <laughs> That's what they always say. They, they put the little stack cards up and they say, well, that round went to. Who did it go to? Did it go to Jesus or to go to the devil? Did you see victory that last round? Or did you get punched in the teeth spiritually? Multitudes, multitudes, so many people struggling with defeat right now. Defeated spiritually. Folks, let's start out this year victorious. There is no reason. There is no reason as a Christian in any aspect of your life. Now God can teach you lessons and He can show you things, but there is no reason that you should be defeated. Not one. You can't. you You cannot talk me into it. It's not in Scripture. You cannot be defeated and have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's contrary to what He came to do. He said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly if you think that's a defeated life then I'd like to sit down with you and we'll wrestle it out we'll argue it out because you're not going to change my mind but so many multitudes multitudes in the valley of decision so many sitting in that corner saying I don't think I can go another round folks (laughs) if you're weak say you're strong there's another round the bell's about to ring and you have to ask yourself that question what am I going to do Am I going to play it the same way I played it the last round and let the devil take more what he doesn't deserve? Or I'm going to say, enough's enough. I got my second wind, and it's called His Amazing Grace. Yeah. And we're going to fight this thing out, and we're going to see victory. How about that tonight? As they get a song, this altar's open. If you'd like to just come pray for something. If you're in the middle of the valley, middle of the valley of decision, <laughs> and just feel like, man, you're just taking blows left and right, hey, take a break for just a minute. Time out. Sit in the corner. Come on. Let Jesus, just let Jesus come and and take care of your wounds for a little minute. Just say, hey, we got a break here. Forget about the outside world. Come and let's talk to the coach. Let's let's see what we did wrong. Let's let's see what we can do right in the next thing. Let's, Let's seek his counsel, his advice. And I promise you, the next round will be a whole lot brighter as Melinda comes.